While the war is ongoing in Israel, there is no piece of scripture that can be read without the pictures of what's going on there as appeared in the newspapers and on TV going through our minds. We think of the prophet Jonah in Nineveh, and if you listen carefully, some of the what we know as Old Testament, but there are contemporary names of cities, Ascalon today, are being mentioned. This is the land of Israel. This is the land that God gave the Jews. And when the Jews took over, it was through a slow migration go back well into the Old Testament and we hear the stories of how the Israelites came into the area and little by little took over through migration, through, through war, and it became their land. It was promised to them by God. However, those who were living there before are not bad people. They're not enemies of us, but they're, they were the enemies of those, the Israelites, who took over. Now, that's centuries ago. The people from whom they took the land went through various changes and, and religious groupings and so on. So today, it looks like the Jews and the Muslims are enemies. It, it, it's not a contemporary thing. It goes back centuries. The Muslim world became popular and powerful in the seventh century. So it's not an ancient animosity, but the roots of it are ancient because they separated. They're not one people, although they are one blood in so many ways, Semites. If you look further into the history of our people, I say our people, our church, our Judeo-Christian heritage, we know it goes further back than that. And, and the way the Old Testament explains it is that the children of the ancient ancestors was separated Ishmael from Isaac. Ishmael left. There's various reasons why, and you'll read that, of course, in the scriptures. And Isaac's people became the Israelites, eventually. Ishmael's people became the other people, the other Semites. It seems that those, quote, other people eventually absorbed and observed the Muslim faith, and yet they never really reconciled as brothers and sisters. They stayed enemies. We're going centuries, centuries ago. If you read today's papers or look at today's feeds on the new media, that animosity is still going on. 
and through the years, and, and you know the history, you can go back to the 1948, you can go back to World War II, you can go back to as far as you want to go back in history, and you realize that separation was always there, even though they were one people, Semites, not by faith, but by blood. And now we hear the war escalating, the anger, the hatred, the apartheid, all of it escalating to the point of great bloodshed. Now, I, I say this because we listen to the story of Jonah today and Nineveh. And, and, and the bottom line story of Jonah and Nineveh is that Jonah was sent as a prophet to the people of Nineveh who were sinning. This is well before the Muslims ever came on the scene. And through his preaching and his warning, they observed, from the king to the last person, they observed reconciliation. They observed penance. The, the phrase that, that we use is, they donned sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth is itchy material. Ashes, or ashes, they threw it on their heads as a way of symbolizing their penance. And even the king sat in ashes to reconcile, to change his and the people of Nineveh's attitude toward what was right and good. It seems that is still needed. That, we call it as Christians, baptism by fire. How we as a people, and I'm saying the world, all of us, Ukrainians, Russians, Americans, Israelites, etc. As a people, we have not reconciled ourselves to God completely. We have today in the Gospel a very simple story of two women. They remind me of you guys, Peggy and Marcy. The two sisters, when we went to their house, a while back for pizza and drinks. One were, sat with us and the other waited on us. Now, of course, that's out of necessity because of, of her disability. But it remind, every time I hear this gospel, I think of the two of you. And Martha was upset with the fact that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him. That's important for us. Listening to Jesus. Martha was serving, Martha was working, Martha was making the pizza and serving the drinks while the rest of us were chatting. And that's the example. Put yourself in that household, the house of Martha and Mary and their brother, Lazarus, as you know. And the bottom line is listening to Jesus and acting on his word. In other words, absorbing what we believe and what we say we believe and doing something about it. Now, back to Martha and Mary, not Peggy and Marcy, but all of us. When we leave here, leave church, leave the altar, and go out into the world, we have to be people of faith. And those people of faith must reflect God. I mean, nothing less. So, it breaks our hearts as we see bloodshed 
and torture and bombs blow up in the Holy Land. And we say the Holy Land, we mean Israel and Palestine. Because they've never reconciled as a people. I don't care if you believe in Allah or Jesus Christ. The message is still the same. We are one people. And I know philosophically and religiously part of the Muslim creed is conversion. The word Islam means to convert. And some of that conversion when Muhammad was ruling was through bloodshed. Convert or die. Islam. Convert or die. However, we don't listen to Allah. We listen to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ's mandate very, very simply. It's so simple. Choose the better part. We are believers in Jesus Christ. We respect and, and really honor our heritage as Judeo-Christians. So we respect and honor the people of Abraham. And the people of Abraham are not just Jews. The people of Abraham are us, Christians, Jews, and Muslims. That's why that land is called holy. Because it's holy to all three religions. And in so many ways, and, and this is not only in reference to Israel right now, in so many ways, we, as people of the world, have not completely absorbed into our hearts and souls the Creator's mandate to live in this world and take care of this world and take care of one another. Every religious tenant has a, a section about caring for the poor and the widow and the hungry and, and the outsider. We all do, every religious group. No religious group says, I shouldn't say that, I don't know if there are any, live and condemn everybody else. We as Judeo-Christians believe we're made in the image of God. And Jesus was sent to us as our Messiah. And this little simple story today tells us how to live that. Martha is not doing anything wrong. Martha's doing what is hospitable and correct. However, doing things that are hospitable and correct should not take precedence over our faith. So fighting for justice should reflect our faith. Jesus says, Mary chose the better part. She's listening, hopefully, and observing and absorbing Jesus. And we as Christians need to pray for the end of hostility. And it's going to be a long trip. We know that. Because of the depth of anger and hate and history, in the Holy Land. The irony is beyond belief. That war will go on, and we pray it doesn't go beyond the borders of that area. But I think realistically, we have to be prepared for that.
So what do we do as Christians? We observe the Word of God and pray and do as much as possible to end hostility in our own homes, neighborhoods, internationally. So we as free Americans who have the right to vote should vote accordingly, that our leaders wake up and work for peace internationally. We as Christians have to do as much as we can, and prayer is our weapon. Prayer for peace, prayer for the victims, prayer for those who are the perpetrators. We're not going to go into politics and how all that started and how all that was exacerbated by international busybodies, other nations. But the reality is, we're here. And our Lord Jesus Christ tells us to pick the best part, to listen to his word and act on it. The goal of that little interaction of Martha, Mary, and Jesus probably was so Martha would put down her dishes and sit with Jesus and Mary and listen to each other and talk about the possibility of service, the possibility of, of ongoing life and respect. That would have been the goal. We don't know what the goal was. We don't know what happened. We know Martha and Mary stayed good friends of Jesus, and we know Jesus loved them, and we know that their brother Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus. So he did a lot for them. So what, did, what, what was that action? He put into action his word. And that's our mandate, for us to put into action what we pray for here at the altar what we listen to here in the Holy Gospel, to put it into action. And nowhere in the Scriptures are we mandated to kill each other, to take advantage of each other, to have no mercy on each other, to blow up each other. We don't, we, that, that's not our Scriptures. That's not our rule. Our rule is Jesus Christ. And the cross, the crucifixion, reminds us of what he took on, the horror of life, but as a result of that, gave us the resurrection. So we live in the light of the resurrection of Jesus. We live in optimism. And yet all around us, persecution, horror, which shows us that we have a long way to go to keep living the Word of God. And just a P.S., where there's war and bloodshed and terror, you know there is Satan. So we're observing the interaction of Satan and our faith. As we look at the Middle East, we look at our streets, we look in the terror in our own environment. Make no bones about it. Satan has rolled up his sleeves and he's getting at it. What's our job? To listen to the Word of God and follow Jesus.
through prayer, through action, through attitude, through politics, through conversation. We're in a very, very difficult time in creation. And we don't know where it's going to end. We pray for peace. And we pray that the Messiah's words are infiltrated into the world and we live the Messiah's words as Jesus shared them with us.